All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I, don't, I won't cover the Canucks. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network podcast and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off-air, let's go. Hello.
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code HockeySeason, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will give you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. That is Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Check them out on all social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, whatever it is. They've got you covered for all of your trading card needs, so be sure to go check them out. Retail location in Surrey as well, if you don't want to go the online route but if you do go the online route and use promo code hockey season capital h capital s you get free shipping canada wide on any order over 50 dollars. that again over at zephyr epic my name is dave quadrelli i'm joined as always by the man who built the place chris faber our technical producer as always is alex allard but we need to start right off the hop chris Alex, I don't know if you can hear us. You you open a pack. Okay, sorry. My, my apologies, Chris. Go ahead and open a pack. Uh, wearing his baby blue, is that a Manoa or Vladdy jersey that's on your back? What do you have on the back of that jersey, Chris? Your uh, Blue Jays jersey. This is my Vladimir Guerrero Jr. jersey. <clears throat> we'll get to MLB opening day today in just a second. But, uh, yeah, the Manoa one is a dark blue. But I'm all, I'm all set. Shout out to Lisa. I saw her in the chat already. Ready to go. Blue Jays, you got your Mariner stuff on. Good stuff. It's nice to be a fan again. That's what I'm excited about. With uh, with let me rip this pack real quick. We'll get into baseball in a second. You can get started, but I, I'm happy to be a sure. fan of uh, of a sport again because we don't get to do that with the Canucks. We're not uh, we're not able to be fans anymore. We're in the media. We had to sign our life away. Um, but it's fun to be a fan. I got the lines around the corner. We got the Blue Jays starting today. Fun stuff. Uh, I'm jacked up. I know you are about uh, MLB's uh, regular season kicking off today as well. Yeah, I got MLB TV. I was watching the Yankees this morning. It was a great game. Aaron Judge, first at bat of his season, hits a bomb, especially after a, a horrible call by the home plate umpire to put him down 0-1. We're not going to keep talking about baseball too, too much longer here, but I'm regretting not wearing my jersey. I don't know why I didn't think of that. I, I could have worn my Tatis jersey, could have worn my old Bautista jersey. That's a dark blue. Uh, what'd you pull in this pack? What do you, what'd, what'd you get, Chris? Uh, nothing really. Got a young gun of Hayden Hodgson. Uh, who is a rookie with the Philadelphia Flyers. I've never heard of him. So I'm sure this card's not going to be the the thing that's going to put me into retirement, unfortunately. But that's okay. Do you know what I really like is the, oh, what's the brand? It's Topps Allen and Ginter series of uh, the baseball cards. I love those. Those are so, so cool. They like they look like old portraits, like they look like pencil drawn portraits. It's really really oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. I had the Bryce Harper rookie card of that. It's in a frame. I, I'm looking for it. I don't think I see it right now, which is a little concerning, but I'll find it eventually. It's a Bryce Harper rookie card. Uh, speaking of which, that's my big pickup in all my fantasy baseball leagues. I'm in too. Bryce Harper got him in my keeper league for uh, mm. which is an auction as well, and then I got him in my other head to head league as well. I'm very very pleased, especially with him. The announcement today going to the 10-day IL, avoiding 60-day IL with uh, the Tommy John surgery. And I know we've already lost some listeners, so let's oh, yeah. uh, wrap up the baseball talk here. I'm just fired up. I'm just fired up. Oh, the numbers are dropping off uh, damn quick right now. But, uh, yeah, I had my uh, fantasy uh, baseball draft yesterday as well. Picked up uh, basically the whole Blue Jays starting staff. So rocking with the Blue Jays here uh, all the way. But let's uh, let's get into it. I don't know if we have – or yeah, we got 20 seconds, dog. What do you got? 20 seconds – uh, some positives on the dog front, I assume. 
he's vaccinated so he's able to walk now we go on walks and we're having a lot of fun that's it but i actually want to shift the conversation from baseball to hockey in a perfect way because i'm not sure if you saw this this morning so my apologies chris if i put you on the spot because obviously we don't plan anything on this show but this morning i was listening to hell from bruff and there was a discussion on the show there was some report from somewhere i don't know where um about the nhl exploring doing a day where all of the teams play on the same day. And the reason I bring this up is because today's the first day since like the sixties that the MLB has had all of their teams play on opening day. So I ask you the question, Chris, because personally, I don't like the idea of that. And I, I just, I don't know from a growth of the game perspective for hockey, of course, um, if it's a good idea for them to do every team, Unless you're spacing it out and you're making it like an all day thing. Cause I think that'd be cool. Like if they had a game that started at like eight o'clock Pacific or nine o'clock, 9 a.m., right? If you had a game a day where it was just literally all hockey all day long. And I don't mean just for us on the West Coast. I mean, even fans on the East Coast, you know, maybe they can wake up at like 10 or 11. Um, I miss those days and they start watching their games, right? Like, like I, I, I like the idea of that. I think that's the way that hockey should do it if they choose to do it. I'd love to do that if they did like, today's the NHL's day or whatever, and they do just all day long. They have every single team play. I think the only way to make it work is to have those start times where there's a primetime game at each hour kind of thing, where a casual fan, or not a casual fan, excuse me, but just a fan of hockey could watch basically every game. Like the the NFL. The NFL does it so well. Um, For me, like that's how I watch baseball is I'll watch whatever game is on, and hopefully there's games on all day long. I I think the NHL is going to explore that, they, they have to do it that way. Like you have to do it so that it's all day long. There's at least one game that everybody's going to want to watch. Yeah, I think it's it's a fine idea. I'm not, uh, I'm not, I wouldn't be super excited about like hockey day. Wouldn't like really get me going that much, I think. Um, I, I personally, I just like the, the opening round of the playoffs is good enough for me. That's, you know, the games are spaced out so you can kind of get an opportunity to not necessarily watch all of them, but at least watch a good amount of each game. Um, on the opening round of the playoffs like that's that's prime time for me I don't think you need to go to the extreme but listen I I wouldn't say it's the worst idea it just doesn't really excite me to be 100% honest I'm not listen I love hockey I love watching hockey but I'm not gonna sit there and watch 12 hours of it in the NHL that's for sure Um, so yeah it's an interesting idea it's a cool topic I remember hearing actually I heard this on um Scott Rintoul's uh, West Coast Express podcast series. I know there was a clip from Gary Bettman when they came back from the lockout. Uh, they returned and every single NHL team was in action that day from the return from the lockout. So, it, you know, it's a thing that's happened. I've We've seen where, I believe we've had years this year where every team is in action for, for hockey, right? Like, I, I think I would, I would be surprised if we haven't had one day this year where all 32 teams are in action. I think we've had that. I don't think we have. Really? I would, 32, I would bet I that we have. we have. I would bet that we have at some point this season had all 32 teams in Have action. we? Yeah, I, I would bet that we have. Someone Maybe in the chat, answer that. Even like the first Saturday of the season or just like a, a random Saturday, I bet that we've had all 32 teams in action. I bet that it's happened. I, I, I'd be, you know, I'm not like uh, 100% sure, but I would bet on it. I bet that we've had that this year. Maybe the conversation that I misinterpreted was just that they would do it more often type thing. Mm-hmm. Anyways, doesn't matter. Let's just move on. But it was just something I thought of. I want to see a day where they go all day long with the games. I think that'd be really cool. Anyways, um, okay, the note. 
Do you have anything else before that? Because I know this is our main topic that we're discussing today is the note from Jim Rutherford well, to we, season ticket holders and in turn Canucks fans. Well, Alex has been busted uh, with the whole bird situation last night. Can we? Do we have this, Alex? Do you have your a live stream going? What's going? On? Look at this. The eagle is in the nest. Oh my goodness! For the start of the show, I've been I've been watching the live stream now ever since yesterday's show. I've been hooked on this thing, and Alex is oh, it turned right around, and looked at us. What is that thing? It's spinning around like me in the chair here. It's neck. Holy cow. Anyways, live stream this is, here. This is our camera four. Camera four now on the show. So we now have a live stream of the Eagle. This is going to be uh, this is good for the YouTube. Uh, this is, these are our friends here at uh, friendsofbigbearvalley.org. Uh, we got a live stream of an Eagle right now up on the YouTube channel. If you're not coming by the YouTube show at 1 o'clock Monday to Friday, you're missing out. Let me uh, let me let me get you spit some knowledge about these folks here, the friends of Big Bear Valley, friends of Big Bear Valley They are a nonprofit organization that's set out to protect and preserve the amazing natural surroundings through environmental education and advocacy about its values and community benefit. FOBBV, as I like to call them, is observing wildlife in its natural habitat. You can watch their nest twenty four seven, and we got an eagle in the nest here. They teach you about these local eagles here. Quads, did you know that Big Bear Valley is the seventh most biologically diverse place in the United States? And we got a live cam on the uh, eagles right here. Number seven in uh, in the United States. Do we have a sponsorship with these people that I don't know about? No, they're just, just good folks. They, we look at this eagle. See, I didn't know the neck on the, the the neck on these things. They can turn around everywhere. Three sixty view, dude. We're 12 minutes in, and we're, we've talked baseball, and we've talked about a live cam no, of no, a bald no. eagle that the podcast That's listeners cool. can't actually see. Well, here's the problem. I'm begging I know, but, you to move on. No, but here's the problem. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. This thing's, uh, it's cool now. that we, This is the first time I've seen an eagle in there, Alex, eh? When me and Alex were watching this before, the, the eagle yeah. has landed now. It's gorgeous. All right. You want to know the – I got more stat. I got more stats to get to here, so. So, yeah, I said no, this, it's I don't the seventh, seventh most biologically diverse place in the United States. Number one quads, Great Smoky Mountains National Park in uh, North Carolina and Tennessee. There you go. A little bit of knowledge for you today. You take that, you can uh, go tell all your friends about it. Tell them uh, about the most biologically diverse place in the United States. Great Smoky Mountains National Park. You ever been to one of the big national parks in the States? Have you? No, never. No? I've been to... Oh, yeah, he's getting ready to launch. Are you kidding me? I know the podcast listeners isn't good for them, but I tell you, if we get a live cam with an eagle launching from its nest, we shoo him off. Shoo. Shoo, eagle. Anyways, he ain't going anywhere. I've been to... uh, Sorry, Alex. Well, come on. Alex is protective of these guys. He likes these birds. Uh, But I've been to Yellowstone uh, down in uh, Montana. That was a beautiful place. They got uh, Old old Faithful there. The, uh, The geyser. Fires off every hour, so Old Faithful, she shoots up there pretty good. All right, let's get into it. You want to talk about the note. This is uh, basically Jersey Shore Season 2 all over again. They got a note written here from uh, Jim Rutherford, and you want to dive into it, Quads. Go ahead. Do your thing. Okay, so let's pull it up. Yeah, this graphic graphic. design, by the way, just, oh, my gosh. I, I was... 
yeah. Anyways, we're not going to get into it. Hardworking folks over there, Canuck Sports and Entertainment uh, content team. We're not going to start ragging on people. Let's go. Okay, so this was the note from Jim Rutherford, and I'm sure the podcast listeners have seen it already. It's available on CanucksArmy.com. I'm not going to read the entire note, Chris, but I do want to zero in on some parts. So we'll break it down in parts. Obviously, it comes from Jim Rutherford, not Francesco Aquilini. That's the first thing that you notice is usually this letter does come from chairman and owner Francesco Aquilini this year coming from president of hockey operations, Jim Rutherford. So at the start, obviously, he says on behalf of Connect Sports Entertainment's ownership, the hockey ops team and all that talks about continued support for fans. Uh, talked about the passion of the Canucks fan base and how he doesn't take it for granted, that type of thing. Um, and then the, the big the big part, this is the meat. This is the meat and potatoes of the letter, Chris. Oh, yeah. Talks about having expectations for this season that simply were not met. The te- This team needs to get better, and we will get better. Then he hits enter. He went to the Thomas Drant School of Letters, letter writing. Uh, he hit enter and made that just a line. So there's a lot of intensity with that line. I probably should just read the note. It probably would have been easier to follow along than what I'm doing right now. But anyways, um, he talks about how the Canucks, this is what I really want to zero in on. The Canucks are currently the fifth youngest team in the league. And we believe in our core of elite players. Elias Pedersen, Quinn Hughes, JT Miller, and Thatcher Demko are exceptional players who continue to elevate their game. We are equally excited about the emerging new players on our roster, which includes Andre Kuzmenko, Ilya Mikheyev, Ethan Bear, pause, and the recently acquired Philip Ronick. This is a terrific base to build upon. There is still much work to do to upgrade the areas of our team. This includes being active in college and European free agent markets, along with managing our cap space by using all options available to us. Cough, cough, buyout. That's what I take from that. And oh. that's like, I'll, I'll get your take on it, Chris. But I know a lot of people were looking at it and saying, oh, well, he didn't mention Brock Besser. Yeah, mention Brock Besser right now as part of your core. It doesn't mean he's getting traded. Same thing with Connor Garland. I saw people saying, well, you didn't mention Connor Garland. Is that really your core? Is that your exciting base to build on? Like, those are your supporting pieces. When the Tampa Bay Lightning or whoever send out letters to their season ticket holders, they're not like, look at Yanni Gord. Like, they're, they're not talking about, you know, um, I know he doesn't play there anymore, but I, I mean, they're not talking about middle six wingers and they're not talking about those players. They're talking about their top end guys. And for the Canucks, that's obviously Pedersen, Hughes, Miller, and Demko. That's what it is for the Canucks. That's what it comes down to. Those are your top end guys. Obviously, Kuzmenko's, you know, emerging in that conversation, but he was still included in the, uh, the acquisition thing. So I'm not reading into it too much that Besser and Garland weren't mentioned. I think we would be making fun of them a little too much if they did mention just everybody who's played in the top six this season, because if you do Garland and Besser, that's basically what you're doing. You're, uh, you're very close to mentioning Phil DiGiuseppe in the same breath. Oh, baby. Talking about your core. That's right. And Hey, we'd have no problem with that, but yeah, I, I took that away from the letter. and I just, I'm not one of these people that's reading into it too much and saying, well, Hey, no, no Besser, no Garland. I'm not personally doing that personally. Yeah, it's it depends. You can kind of take it two ways. Whatever name is said and whatever names aren't said are going to elicit a lot of response, obviously, from the fan base. And I think the the noticeable ones were, you know, no mention of Brock Besser, no mention of Connor Garland, and the mention of Ethan Bear. Right, the, the three big takeaways from the names I think is here is like Ethan Bear doesn't even have a contract for next year. Apparently, the, apparently they want to get that done here pretty quick. But at the same time, like the agents probably looking at this and thinking, ah. Like uh, player of the future, Ethan Bear, my guy. You got to get him a contract here. So it'll be interesting to see what that contract ends up looking like for Ethan Bear. Uh, and but I get it. I get why the names. Like I, I'm not making a huge deal out of it either. Saying that Besser's name here, you know, wasn't here. Garland's name wasn't there. 
yeah, you're right. Like you're not going to list off, you're not going to, you know, outline your roster for next season in this article. Um, I, I was a little surprised to see maybe like some, some guy like Dakota Joshua doesn't get a little shout out. Like they've liked him and things like that, but uh, the names aren't going to make me go into, you know, frolic about here and just, and worry about uh, which player is going to be here for next year. It's just, it, it was a little interesting to see it from Jim Rutherford, but at the same time, in my eyes, like this is the president's job, right? Like I, I would, as much as, you know, we could have gained content from an Aquilini letter, we should be getting this from the president. This, this to me should come from the president. So I don't think that's a big deal either. This is just like, uh, to me, this is not really much of a story. This is just the note from the president about the team. Yeah. The team's been bad. Yeah. They got to be better next year. Commander Vander with a really good point uh, saying it's also just a letter for shareholders and to get people to re-up season tickets. Wouldn't look into which players are or aren't mentioned very much. Interesting though, Chris talked about the team doing well, mentioned Philip Ronick. No mention of Leo Carlson. Do you find that surprising based on our past conversation? Oh, I bet your ass there's going to be another letter coming out here after the draft then if they end up uh, after the lottery. Are you kidding me? Come on. There's, it, will, it will be a picture um, of uh, I, Jim Rutherford with his arms crossed, but he's going to be holding on to Leo Carlson between his arms. He's going to be giving him a big bear hug. That's going to be the, the letter going out to the season ticket holders. Get your Carlson jerseys now. We need a Photoshop of that. But to close out this conversation, Chris, I think what it comes down to, it's really simple in my mind, is if there was going to be any mention of Brock Buster, and I don't want to read into this too much, I just think that what Rutherford would say is probably what the rest of us are saying. And we're really excited about how Brock Bester's looked under Rick Tockett. Like, oh, yeah. Brock Bester looks like a more complete player under Rick Tockett, and we've talked about it a lot. And I think that's where the team is probably at with him, is they're delightfully surprised that Besser is starting to turn it around, albeit a little later. But again, they're going to go into the offseason, and it's going to be the same mentality that we kind of saw them have at the deadline, reportedly, where they weren't just going to give away Besser for nothing. They weren't going to give away Miller for nothing. They weren't going to give away Garland for nothing. They're going to keep holding on to these pieces. We'll see if it works out for them, because obviously there's a lot of wingers on this team. But um, that's kind of what I took from it, is just there's obviously not going to be a mention of Besser, because all you can really say right now is, yeah, we're really impressed with how he's played under Talkett. Now let's see him do it over a full season. We got him here for two more years uh, on his contract, of course. Yeah, no, I think that's the thing. I think we can see Brock Besser playing so well. It will be interesting to see what happens with the offseason, right? Like clearly there was a lot of talk about the agent being able to help with the trade. That kind of, to me, normally when that starts getting, when an agent starts getting involved in that process, like a deal does typically get done pretty quickly. I was almost not necessarily surprised, but... Yeah, I'd say a little bit surprised that a deal didn't actually get you know end up getting done after it was reported that the agent gets involved because we've seen that like you know if you remember Ryan Reeves the agent got involved and 24 hours later he was traded so um, I kind of just think that showcases how difficult it really is to move money in the NHL especially during the season uh, but with an off season with teams looking to reset with a pretty weak free agency class as well probably want to look at Brock Besser uh, for a lot of teams that want to make a serious upgrade to a top six wing spot on their organization so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Besser in the offseason um but uh yeah I guess uh him not being included in the letter has spurred up uh conversation once again but I just <laughs> I don't know I feel like it's gonna be like 2033 and we're gonna be going in and Brock Besser is gonna be you know 37 years old and it's like yeah he could be a lifelong Canuck but maybe he's not like maybe this is the year that he's gone maybe they end up moving him then so uh, we'll see what happens, but it's just going to be, it's another summer, man. Another summer coming up here for Brock Besser. So, uh, we'll have to see what happens with him. 
Uh, anything else you want from this note closing out here? You, you want to get to our new uh, new thing we're going to run on the show here to kind of close out the season. Um, we don't know how many, you know, we're going to run through the regular season doing this show, but um, what I want to do is kind of spend a little bit of time on, on each show, whether it be, you know, two minutes, sometimes it'll be longer. I think some players deserve a longer discussion, but uh, let's get the video up here. Let's get this graphic. Let's get a spotlight on dries. Sheldon dries. Look at this graphic. I tell you, you're on the YouTube. Are you kidding me? Look at that. Beautiful. Um, I wanted to just spotlight on a player, and I want to do some of this throughout the season as we go on here, just kind of chatting about the player, the season, maybe the expectations that we had going into the year, what they ended up looking like throughout the season. Uh, And we got Sheldon Dries as our first guy to spotlight, because I feel like there's some interesting things we can dive into here. Uh, So Sheldon Dries has played in 55 of the 74 games the Canucks have played in this year. Dries has 11 goals, 5 assists for a total of 16 points, 86 shots on net, He's been a 50.4% face-off percentage winner uh, this season. His expected goals control, 46.8%, and he's averaging 11 minutes and 30 seconds of ice time. We're seeing him kill some penalties lately under Rick Tockett. We've seen him at times be on the second power play unit, not necessarily a guy who's always going to be there. Uh, where are you at with Sheldon Dries in the season that he's had? Because last year, AHL ripped it up, was one of the top scorers in the AHL, of course. I guess from that season, earned himself an opportunity to play at the NHL level. And this season, I talked about it off the top, 55 games of the 74 Sheldon Dries has been in the lineup for the Vancouver Canucks. So he's been a pretty big piece of the Canucks team this season. Like, not a massive piece on on winning every single night. But if you're playing in 55 of 74 games, you're in the lineup most nights. Uh, And that's what Sheldon Dries has done this season. Where are you at with Sheldon Dries this year? How do you rank his year? And what are our expectations going forward here? Well, people seem to really dislike him. Like the yeah, YouTube I live can't believe not like Sheldon Drive. No, the YouTube chat, everybody I, in the replies on Twitter, everyone was very uh, move on from him. Future considerations. I'm like th- thinking, wow, I didn't know that there was this much, not necessarily hate, but I didn't know this feeling towards Drives was so negative from a lot of people. <laughs> well, yeah, no, and that, that's kind of my takeaway is it's been a successful year for Sheldon Drives. I don't want to pick apart a guy's game, but I think. The reason that a lot of people don't like Sheldon Dries doesn't have as much to do with Sheldon Dries, the player, as it does with he's playing with Vasily Podkolz and Vitaly Kratsov, yep, yep. and he's not a great puck distributor. Like, he's not getting the best out of those guys, but what are you asking Sheldon Dries to do here, right? Like, let, let's let's figure this out here because people are, you know, I don't know what people's expectations are. I think they would just like to see, I, like, I think all it is, all it comes down to, Chris, is yeah, it's been a successful season for Dries, but I think people want to see Kravtsov and Pod Colson get in a better position to succeed than playing with Sheldon Dries, and I think that's all it comes down to, to be honest with you. Like, um, I think I think that's the reason. Like, I don't know if I'm hitting the nail on the head. Commander Vander in the chat makes me think that that's the case, that I've got it right here, but that's that's what it seems like is just people don't dislike Sheldon Dries because of how he plays. They just dislike him because he's the center for Kravtsov and Bod Colson, and you're not really seeing those guys light the lamp offensively. No, for sure, and I think that's the problem, is it's where he's being asked to play in this lineup. As the 3C who, when you're the Vancouver Canucks and you have that much depth at the wing, you want that third line to be something. Be something special, really, for like the, the players that you're going to have on that line next starting next season. Let's throw some names out there. Vasily Pod Colson could be one. Uh, Niels Huglander could be one. Heck, 
Connor Garland, Brock Besser, one of those two guys can end up on your line. Even Ilya Mikheyev, depending on what they do with some of the lines. Like These are some wingers that should have success in a third-line role, and you're going to need a good center to play in that spot. Like I think Dries has showed this season that he could be a serious call-up option for a good team moving forward. He could be a guy who comes in and plays on your fourth line or your third line in a pinch and can center a line and be you know sufficient at the NHL level. He can do that job fine. But it's not at the level of being like, hey, he's a good 3C. Like, he's an NHL player when you need to. Like, when you get him in the lineup, you can get him up there. He can play some some games for this team. But you don't want to start your season coming in and thinking this is our 3C. I think that's where I'm at with with Sheldon Dries. Absolutely. And I, I want to be clear with what I was saying earlier. There's no disagreement there, right? And Canucks need right-handed D jumped in the YouTube live chat and said, nope, we want a real 3C uh, in response to what I was explaining as why I think fans might not like Sheldon Dries. And to be clear, I think you look at this season and I think this is what the team's doing. We've heard the rumored interest in Barbashev, uh, all this sort of stuff about third line centers. And I think everybody agrees here. Everybody's in agreement that this team needs a better third line center going into next year. I just don't think that you look at Sheldon Dry's season and say, get rid of him. No, I'd no, say no. you look at it and say, wow, you know what? He might be able to battle for the fourth line center job out of camp. Um, if not, he's going to go down to Abbotsford and he's going to be your first call up. Like he's center depth. You need good depth and he's oh. good depth. Like I, I think he's fine depth and I think that's what it comes down to. Um, but you don't get rid of guys just because you don't like the positions that they're in due to your poor roster construction. No, and that's le- not how this works. Let me tell so, you about this season too. Like if, Think about this. If you can fast forward one full year from today and you're looking at this Canucks lineup and you're like, like, let's talk about it today, present day quads. If I were to just, I don't even know if you would know the answer. If the Canucks have to call up a center right now, say because of emergency basis, let's say one of their centers goes down. Who are they calling up right now? Which center from Abbotsford? They have two options. I'd like John Stevens. Yeah. I'd like they have, John Stevens to get a look. They have two options to play center. One's John Stevens. The other one would be Atu Ratu. Clearly, Ratu's not ready for NHL games. Will he be in a year from now? Maybe. But it's nice to have a little bit of a safety blanket there with Sheldon Dries as a center call-up option. I think I think a lot of people would... Like, if we change the conversation a little bit, and we just say, if, if your expectation for Sheldon Dries next season is to be a call-up option to come play center for you, I'm curious what people say in the chat. Like, is that... Would that be great? Because, listen, he's making... Basically, league minimum for next season. He's got one more year left on his contract, by the way, for next season. Making a lot of money in the AHL, so he's not going to be claimed on waivers. If if that's the expectation for next season, for him to come in and be a depth option to be a call-up and play center for you, and he can play in both bottom six center spots because he's showed that at least he could do it this season... Like, I, I think that's fine. I think that's a fine piece to have in your organization. Nobody's going to... He's going to be down in the AHL starting next season... He's going to be a guy who's going to be putting up a lot of points, being a good leader for that group. The guys all love him. They love the way that he works down there. In practice, I remember seeing a lot of him last year. A lot of people liked him in practice. He's a guy who can help this team like as an organization down the road. And Jesse says as an extra forward. So, yeah, maybe he's like the 13th forward. He can kill penalties for you. He's showed that at the NHL. He can play on the, on the power play if he needs to. But yeah, I don't think he's going to be a guy that you want in your top 12 on opening night. But I, I, I don't have no problem having him be 13, 14, 15 on your list for forwards. And the fact that he can play center, I like that. I like that a lot. And you need that because, yeah, I, I don't want to come into next season and, and John Stevens has to be the guy, right? Love John Stevens. Great dude. But, you know, he's a, he's a really, he's a fine NHLer. But at least Drys can be a fine NHLer in a pinch. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think the conversation should end there. Like, I don't think we need to not spend quite. more time talking about Sheldon Dries. But no, I love, not quite. I love the idea for the series and the graphic that you made. The graphic is very, very nice. I want One more to get time. In there. One more time up there, uh, Alex. Let's see the graphic from the top. And then we'll get to the other. Uh, I tell you what, this, the spotlight. Alex is he's stuck on the eagle again there back over there. Alex wants 20 likes, he says, uh, on the YouTube channel. Throw a like on this video. You'll get the eagle cam back up here. Or, uh, you know, or don't. If you don't want the eagle cam, don't like the video. But uh, like the video if you want the eagle cam to come back. Uh, there's our graphic there. Let's get this other graphic just quickly up uh, of Sheldon Dries and his line mates. Because, yeah, we've had the conversation about him, you know, being in a third line role. Um, let's just see a couple of things to note here. His most consistent line mate this season, Connor Garland. Is that coming as a surprise at all for you, Quads? Not really. I've watched the games. <laughs> you have watched uh, the games. So with Connor Garland, his most consistent line mate, a 53% control of the Corsi. Good. A 54.5% control of the goal scored. That's good. He's been on the ice for 12 goals scored and only 10 against. That's good. He's played well with Connor Garland. You know, two of the smaller guys on the team finding some chemistry together. That's a lot of fun. Um, even the scoring chances, 55%. Like, I do think that Sheldon Dries, there have been games this year where you have to get excited, right? Like, I think Sheldon Dries has had a couple of really good games this season where he's creating a ton of scoring chances. He's involved in a lot of the offense. And in my eyes, if you're getting that, you know, say you can find a spot where Dries is only playing 8 to 15 games for you next season. Like that type of thing. Well, he's in the AHL ripping it up. And he comes in and he has one or two good games in those 8 to 15 NHL games. Like, the, I like that. This is, a, this is a guy making league minimum. So I'm completely fine with those guys, you know, if that's the role that he's in next year. But, yeah, I don't want to see... I don't want to see this be the three C anchor on your team moving forward. I don't think Dries is at that level just yet. No, and I don't think anybody's taking that away. Maybe some people are still just a little too scarred from the last management regime where they're like, Sheldon Dries just put up 11 goals. The Canucks are about to Ooh, extend baby. him on a one-way deal for $3 million, <laughs> and he's going to be their third-line center. That's what that's what I think people are starting to think uh, is going to happen. But I don't think that's going to happen, folks. I think you're okay. I think we're okay. Here. Yeah, let's look at some of the struggles as well. So, Niels Huglander, by the way, who was here earlier in the season, you kind of forget that. Um, one of the more consistent guys that he played with, uh, 54 minutes with Niels Huglander, pretty rough numbers for Corsi, uh, goals against all those type of things, tough numbers there. Uh, Dries also had some success with Kuzmenko, uh, and then his third and fourth most consistent line mates, uh, you brought him up earlier, Vasily Podkoles and Vitaly Kraftsov, both not showing ex very great, uh, when it comes to control of scoring chances and Corsi in there. So you brought it up, like it's not working on that line, but things have worked with Connor Garland, his most consistent line mate. That's been a fine third line when they're playing together. Whoever's the other guy playing on that line, you know, mix it up. It could be Pod Coles, and it's been Joshua at times, Niels Huglander earlier in the year. Like, we'll see. They, do you remember that early in the season when it was Garland, Huglander, and Dries? It was just like the th it was the shortest, shortest line, line in hockey. Shortest line in hockey, man. Like, it was, uh, you know, if anything, give us something fun. At least that was fun. So, uh, yeah, that's. I think that's enough of a topic. This is something that we're going to do, I think, as the season kind of closes out here. Um, especially when there's not a lot of topics, we'll dive into a spotlight thing and just kind of chat about the season that was and the future. So the future for me with Dries is like, hey, be nice, uh, be nice to have him as a depth forward. And he's signed for next season. All good. If he's down in Abbotsford, he's been a hell of a scorer in Abbotsford. I've enjoyed his play down there when he is there. So uh, for him, good for him. He he became an NHLer full time this season. Perfect. Good. So we'll see what he does next year. I think you can build off of what he's done this season. I don't think this season is something you look at and are disappointed for him. Maybe you're a little disappointed for him being in the role, I guess, of of having to be a 3C. 
And uh, breaking news, quads. You just get that notification as well? No. All right. Breaking news from the Vancouver Canucks. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. What do we, oh, we have a news button. I never use it. Breaking news from the Vancouver Canucks. The Canucks Young Stars Classic is returning to Penticton in September 2023 and 24. So two more years of the Young Stars out in Penticton. That is awesome. Uh, the Canucks, the Flames, the Oilers, and the Jets have all confer- confirmed to compete in a round-robin tournament for the next two years. I had a blast out there at the Young Stars tournament. Uh, so this is good news. This is great news. I love this tournament. It's a lot of fun. This was good for the AHL team and a lot of their staff to kind of get things together before the season started. So, yeah, good. Two more years of the Young Stars and the Dunedin Penticton. I tell you, I don't get I, – I, I think I've said this on the show before. So I grew up uh, in Nanaimo, right, watching uh, Nanaimo Clippers at the old Frank Crane. That's a good arena down there in Nanaimo. Everybody in the chat knows what I'm talking about. Frank Crane, beautiful. Good uh, good hot dogs there. Cheap hot dogs uh, and churros. But this Penticton freaking, I can't believe a BCHL team plays in that arena. It's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. Um, but, yeah, this is awesome. Two more years of uh, Young Stars. I'm stoked. Yeah, it's great. I didn't actually know that it was uh, not already returning for yeah. next year. I uh, Yeah, that's unsurprising news i guess it's more surprising that uh i didn't realize that it was not already announced i thought it was just gonna be an annual thing and everybody knew that but anyways no it's good no yeah they they didn't initially they i just kind of talked to some people there uh when i was there this past summer they they weren't uh there was nothing set in stone but it felt like everything was trending in the right direction uh towards having this and this is a tournament not only just to have the tournament come back but to get the buy-in from the jets the flames and the oilers like they put on a really good show last year um, out there in in Abbots or sorry in uh, in Penticton. So I'm excited to go back this summer and uh, you get a chance to watch some of these young guys. It's great. It's a great tournament. It's a great showing. Uh, Canucks fans all throughout the city. The bars are packed because Penticton doesn't have um, as many bars. So you get a lot of people who are just there for the tournament in the pubs uh, and bars. We had some good times 
uh, while I was there. And I took Harmon to uh, Quiznos for the first time because I don't get you kids, you young kids. I don't know what you guys are doing. You're living under a rock eating craft dinner all day long. How have you not been to a Quiznos? So Harm had his first Quiznos with me, and he uh, very much enjoyed it. I've never been to Quiznos. Uh, either, yeah, see, it doesn't it doesn't even you. surprise me. It doesn't even surprise me that you haven't been to a freaking Quiznos. You just went to Popeyes for the first time the other day, didn't you? Yeah, about a couple months ago. Couple I've gone. Months a, ago I've gone many times since then. Oh, we got twenty likes here, so Alex, you can you can get it back up there. People have loved the. Uh... Alex has been pumping this in the chat. He wants more eagle content. Oh, my goodness. He's right up in there. <laughs> okay, you got to get on the YouTube. And <laughs> oh, there he goes. Look at that. What perfect timing was that? All right, Alex, get out of here. Our, our friends over there, Big Bear. Uh, Alex has got four, okay. different, four different screens going, four different eagle nests. Uh, he's got it locked down there in the, in the Alex cave, producer Alex cave over there. Uh, all right, let's get into... Uh, Can we li- get this on the rails? Yeah, we are we are on the rails today. We got uh, you know just a few minutes left in the show. We've been running running good here. Uh, short little uh, segment. Alex doesn't like this when I do this on the ticker, but I let him play his bird videos. So the least he can do is this uh, HL update. Really short one. Uh, Abbotsford's in uh, Manitoba for two games. Uh, they play tonight at five, Saturday at two. Uh, Linus Carlson leading the team now, twenty goals. He's got a minus seven on the day. I wanted to note that. Archie Baines really starting to pick things up. 11 goals and 24 assists now, up to 35 points in his rookie season. And I brought it up on the show. Was it yesterday I said this? Look at this. Daniil Klinovich tied with Christian Wolanin for the best plus minus on the outs for Canucks. That's something. That's something. Okay? I know plus minus. It's broken. But Daniil Klinovich leading the way. Really making a lot of improvements in his own zone. Absolutely. It's good to see. I hey, want to have Carlton back on. He there's a center right there. To. Yeah, we'll get him back. There's another center we forgot. Hey, if you need a center, probably Justin Dowling, actually, on an emergency basis right now. Probably getting that call. Um, you know, he's been a center uh, all Haven't season. I haven't seen long. him in a while. Hey, man, you know, if you don't follow the AHL team, that's not a name you've heard in a long time. Justin Dowling, really good dude. I know they love him out there. Uh, I always see his, his family, his little kids are running around with the little Dowling jerseys. They're always just, uh, they're in the same kind of area around us with the press box. So uh, I hear nothing but good things about uh, Justin Dowling. Nice little player to have in that spot. And uh, yeah, he, he does bring a lot for that team. He's top six center playing a lot for them. So he might uh, be the option. Um, but they play tonight at five. I'll have a bunch of clips uh, out on Twitter tonight. And uh, if there's anything very fun, which um, I, I'm kind of expecting, this is weird, with, like with Jet Wu, it's like a nightly thing now where he's just throwing a massive hit. So maybe we'll be back on tomorrow's show, me and Harm, uh, or Harm and me, Harm and I, Harmony. Uh, we'll have that uh, tomorrow if there is a big Jet Woo hit, uh, which has been a nightly thing. So 5 o'clock tonight, excited for that, uh, and Saturday at 2 p.m. So it's going to be uh, that that basically that day you were talking about, hockey all day. Quads, that's just me every Saturday watching AHL and NHL and SHL and uh, Liga and NCAA. So I don't know what you're – you're like, oh, it's a, it's a remarkable new idea of mine. And I do that every Saturday. <laughs> Throughout the whole season, I watch hockey from 8 in the morning until like, you know, 11 at night. So I don't know. This is not, that's why the concept no doesn't intrigue you like, me. No wonder you were like, I don't I don't like that idea at all. No, I'd say because I, I live it. All right, let's get to odds and ends. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, I think just after we finished our show yesterday, they announced Pride Night on Friday. Let's get this jersey up here. This thing is beautiful. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, it's gorgeous. The retail, uh, you can see it there. Uh, they're going to wear these for the warm-ups. Um, so awesome stuff here. Let's check out some of the highlights. What do they have going on? Uh, party on the Plaza, Beer Gardens, Drag Show Performers, Musical Performance from Queer as Funk. You got to be careful saying that one. 
Um, nice play on the words there. Uh, and a pride photo op as well. Did want to shout out here. You can see in the bottom right, uh, wanted to shout out our friends over at the Cutting Edges Hockey Team. Listeners of this show, I've heard from some of them in the past. Uh, really cool what they do in the community there. They have a team down. They play at um, Scotia Barn. That's what they call it, right? Eight rinks. I see them playing yeah. all the time. Follow them on Instagram. Great folks um, that are kind of, you know, helping celebrate hockey in the 2SLGBTQIA plus community. Shout out to the folks at Cutting Edge's hockey team. Uh, love what you guys are up to, and thank you for the support and listening to the show. I know that there's a handful of listeners uh, from the team there uh, that listen to the show. So I do want to play the Quinn Hughes audio about this as well. Um, so Quinn Hughes talked about this yesterday. We were we were doing the show while the Canucks were practicing, so we missed out on the audio, but we picked it up. Um, let's hear from Quinn Hughes talking about Pride Night and if there was any discussion about if this night was actually going to happen for the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, I think that everyone in this room is looking forward to it, and um, I know in our, our organization everyone's welcomed and um you know every time we've done the pride night you know i've worn the jersey and um you know celebrated the night so uh you know obviously you guys know that it's friday apparently but um yeah so we're looking forward to it and um should be a great night should be a good game has there been any talk about whether or not to wear the jersey this season no i don't think so i think that we've worn it every year at least since i've been here um even the year you know it was the canadian division and there are no fans here but i think every year we've worn it since I've been here, and um, I, like I said, I think it's a great night, and I'm glad we're doing it, and I don't think there's ever any discussion for doing it or not doing it, and um, yeah, it should be a good night. Yeah, it was just uh, everybody in the market worried that there wasn't going to be, uh, that the announcement didn't come till I guess, what was it, less, yeah, just over like 48 hours before, so uh, good for the Canucks coming through here. I mean, this is a Vancouver market area, um, you know, general like general group of people who very much are in support of inclusion uh, and everything that Pride Night stands for. So I'm very happy that the Vancouver Canucks uh, are getting involved with this uh, and and doing this night and hopefully doing it right from a lot of the way that, uh, that the night's been presented by them on socials. Looks like it's going to be a good night. Uh, and final thoughts there. Put that C on Quinn Hughes' jersey, baby. I'm telling you. He's going to well, get the C. Yeah, and the, the, the only thing I really want to say on this is it's just – in a season where there's been so many distractions, like where the Pride Knights have become such a distraction from what the Pride Knights are actually supposed to represent with, you know, all the players sitting out and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's nice to see the Canucks kind of come out here, get ahead of it. And, you know, what they what Quinn Hughes, a leader on that team, has said, um, and also with what the Canucks are actually doing on the night itself. It's, you know, beyond just a jersey that they're wearing, which is nice to see. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I have to say on that. And yes, yeah. Put put the C on Quinn Hughes' chest. You like to see stuff like that. That's one thing that doesn't get talked about a lot. But like Bo Horvat kind of was way ahead of stuff like that, and right. nobody really expected him to. And I think the first one that people really noticed was when the whole Don Cherry you people comment happened. When Horvat just came out and like, I don't think he was prepped on it. I don't think he knew the question was coming. But his instant reaction was just like, "Yeah, you don't want to see that. It's not really welcome in our game," type of thing. And um, you don't want to see stuff like that. And you saw that from the captain of the Canucks, like that matters, like that matters for the captain of the Canucks to come out and have a stance like that. Right. So um, yeah, we're happy to see that they're doing it. Um, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Love to see it from Quinn Hughes with a C on his chest. All right. Um, that one fell flat. Anyways, uh, final thing that I wanted to get to from the <laughs> odds and ends. Um, I tweeted about both of them. Uh, Jake Livingstone, and Sam Malinsky, the top two right shot guys coming out of the NCAA, uh, 
did not sign with the Vancouver Canucks. Unfortunately, as much as the Canucks need help uh, on right D, Livingstone ends up going to Nashville. Malinsky ends up going to Colorado, as well as uh, Jason Poland from uh, Western Michigan, line mate of Max Sasson. Poland is off to the Avalanche as well. So the Avs, with their weak prospect pool, were able to entice some some of these uh, NCAA guys and uh, picked up a couple of pretty good ones. Getting They got Malinsky and Poland. Uh, Poland was a Hobie Baker top 10 finalist. Malinsky, arguably one of the best defensemen, maybe the best right shot defenseman, Haven Livingstone. Uh, so yeah, Canucks uh, end up striking out on these two big right D in the NCAA free agent market. Yeah, and like I, I have some stuff on this, actually. I actually talked to some people the way you usually do. Um, so I talked to some people kind of close to the situation just with NCAA free agency and also knowing kind of what happened between these free agents and the Canucks. So basically what happens, we've discussed the process before. Um, an agent will sit down with their client and basically look at every team's depth chart and say, okay, this is your path to the NHL. Advisor. And for a lot of these guys, they're not, yeah, advisor, excuse me. Um, they're not really looking for the top of the depth chart because I know we kind of brought up like, oh, well, the Canucks just signed Philip Ronick, so that's going to affect their ability to get Livingstone. It's not so much that. It actually, and like, I have this, like, we know for a fact that it was more so the depth that the Canucks have with names like Philip Johansson, uh, players like Noah Juleson, where um, a, a potential free agent would look at it and say, okay, well, that's kind of, harder for me to climb the depth chart like there's more names on that depth chart for me to climb and it's kind of why we see teams like the lightning like con- just contenders right contending teams why they land these free agents like we saw colorado do it last year as well and now they've done it again this year it's not because those guys think they can crack the top of their lineup it's because they see a real opportunity to get an nhl contract playing in a depth role right and you know with a team like the Canucks sometimes with the prospects and all that sort of stuff and I know the Canucks don't have a ton of prospects but uh Philip Johansson's one name there where a right shot defenseman would look at it and say okay um maybe this is a little bit tough for me to crack this uh crack this team and crap crack crap crack their depth chart yeah I think from what I heard anyways was a little different like the Philip Hronick trade was something that these advisors noticed um specifically Malinsky and Livingstone's advisors the Canucks were interested in these two like that I know for sure both of these players they have seen both of them play live obviously the you know they they saw Hiroshi uh they end up picking him up which is good the Canucks were in on both these guys the last time I talked to some of their advisors and the, I do think that the Philip Ronick trade made a little bit of a difference. I don't think it broke the the chance of them signing him, but it did make an effect when you see a team go out and add a for sure NHLer on your right side. Like that's what Livingstone and Malinsky are hoping for. They're looking at the Predators prospect pool and they're looking at the NHL level, the AHL. They're looking at all that. That's what the advisors are doing, and they thought that I guess that was a better landing spot for them to kind of develop. And I know Malinsky for him, it was, uh, it was just getting with a, a team that's that competitive, like the avalanche and looking at the prospect pool and thinking, okay, I can be a guy who can help this team's depth at the NHL level right now. That's why I think he's gone to Colorado anyways. Uh, and that option also Malinsky, we talked about this in the past. He doesn't have to sign an ELC. He stand, he signs a standard player contract. Did you see his minors numbers? You're laughing at that. Uh, if you're the rest of the guys signing ELCs, Malinsky's laughing at them. He's making more than double them uh, in the AHL with his um, 
SPC contract, lining him a good little chunk of change being a minor league player if that's where he ends up anyways. Uh, yeah, and back to the whole Livingstone thing, like I think it's kind of a bit of both where Ronick's acquisition pushes those guys that I mentioned by name, Johansson and Juleson, pushes those guys down the depth chart, right? Like those guys, Juleson's not playing uh, in a first pairing role For anymore, sure. right? And, you know, now those guys, it basically just adds, adds to the depth chart and makes it harder for a guy like Livingstone to, uh, you know, climb up the depth chart. So it's just something to uh, keep in mind that was brought up to me. All right. Well, um, I did want to bring up too. We didn't get to this the other day. So the Canucks they lose in overtime to the St. Louis Blues was a very good loss for them. By the way, they got jumped by Detroit and St. Louis. So Alex, as we close out here, fire that damn tank up, baby, because the Canucks, the team tank, everything going on with it, it's back on, boys. The tank is back on track. Let's do one quick lottery simulation here. See what happens. I like to press reset a couple times just to set the mood. And let's go. From eighth spot, the Canucks end up sticking there at eighth. We'll just run it once. That's it. That's all we're going to do. All right. The tank's back. I'm done. Baseball's on. uh, And Abbotsford's in action tonight. So Harmon will be in here tomorrow. An exciting show, of course, uh, as per usual. And uh, no eagle. Alex? Oh, look at that. I can go... uh, Oh, excellent job of the green screen. Oh, my goodness. Wait, this way. All right, Quads, take us home. I'm hanging out with my boy over here, this bald eagle. My boy. All right, we'll close it out there. We'll close it out there. This is... We've gone off the rails today. Good show, though. Good show, though, buddy. And I'll see you and the listeners on Monday. I hope everybody has a great uh, opening day. Happy opening day to everybody who celebrates. The eagle is just right beside your face. Always hungry. Uh, There'll be clips of this on Twitter for those on the podcast. There'll be clips on Twitter. Don't you worry. Okay. I can't... Okay. For my co-host, Chris Faber, and our technical producer, Alex Lard, and our friend... Bird enthusiast, Alex Lard. My name's David Quadrelli. (laughs) <laughs> my name is Dave Gujarli. Oh, there's Thank two so of them in there now. Another episode of Mom and Pop, the Canucks conversation. Holy cow! Look at them, two of them. Holy jumping, man! Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.